Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Dr. Kathy Angus is a clinical psychologist and what we are discussing today is the difficult time of dealing with loss of a baby or a miscarriage and she joins us now on the line. Thank you so much for joining us Dr. Angus and thank you so much for, for making the time to talk to us. It's always a pleasure, Camelo. I'm having a little difficulty in hearing you. All right, so we'll, I don't know whether you can talk up or... <laughs> we, we'll try and adjust that. It must be that maybe a, a volume that we can sort out on our side. Can you hear us better? Yes, I can. That's much better. Thank you. So the, the, just help us through the difficulties that parents may face, particularly when losing a child, without any... Mm clear explanation you know we've just been discussing cot death for instance where it could be anything it could be you know a suffocation that was uh, um, something that happened because of a really bizarre uh, circumstances whether it's a pillow or whatever and just accidental sometimes and and mm-hmm. often not planned often not anticipated just take us through what a parent would be going through at a time like that when this very unexpected death comes along Mm, I think I think the, the biggest thing that you mentioned there, which is so important, is that it's unexpected, you know, and it's not planned. So people expect to to go through a pregnancy and then have a baby, and then all the hard work really starts. But in actual fact, mis- a miscarriage can be a very traumatic event for for any woman, and it can lead to grief, anxiety, depression, and even symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think that what has happened is that the maternal health professionals have advanced care for the physical effects of, of, of pregnancy loss, but they don't have anything very well tuned in terms of the psychological aspects of the thing. Mm. Um, I'm in studio, Doc, with uh, Yone Larasi, who's a founder of Lacanya Foundation. She herself mm-hmm. talks about her experience of losing three babies in three years. Really, really traumatic. And she says okay. that she she just found that people weren't talking enough about loss of, of, of either an unborn baby or or a baby that passed very soon after, de- after death. Mm. I think what happens is, you know, quite often people don't even talk about being pregnant in the first few months because they don't want to be making something public that may not happen. So then suddenly if they lose a baby, they're in a situation where they're having all these symptoms and these emotional feelings, and people didn't even know they were pregnant. And I think it's harder for people on the outside to actually identify with any woman who loses a baby because there's nothing there to see. You know, it's not a little child they got to know. So... Although the woman is experiencing it totally as a loss of a child, um, for the people in the general public and interactions, they're not experiencing it that way at all. So they're not there to support in a manner that they should. Yonela, just your personal experience, uh, the reasons you founded this foundation. Take us through a little bit of that. Uh, Okay, so what had happened was I fell pregnant um, back in 2017. Then shortly after finding out that I was pregnant, 16 weeks later, had my first miscarriage. And my GP told me that, you know what, sometimes these things happen without any explanation. So it's okay, you can try again. Um, Tried again, found out that I was pregnant again about six months afterwards. And that pregnancy was fine. Everything went accordingly until at... 
32 weeks, I got diagnosed with gestational diabetes and hypertension. So I was in hospital for about a week until we could get my blood and my sugar levels down to normal again. And everything was fine. I carried my baby till the 38th week and my doctors had informed me that we'd have to deliver your baby early so that to make sure that everything was fine with you and unfortunately we had waited they had waited too long uh, because the doctors that were busy with my case at the time saw no reason why I couldn't give birth virginally because I needed to give birth via c-section to make sure that my baby arrived safely and nothing went wrong um, but unfortunately that didn't happen and we had waited too long and basically his heart stopped beating mm. while he was inside me and on the 2nd of June 2018, I gave birth to a dead baby. A uh, year later, after celebrating Lakanya's first birthday, I found out that I was pregnant again. About a couple of days after finding out that I was six weeks pregnant, I had my second, miscarri my second miscarriage, which would have been my third baby. Mm. And... That's why I started the Lakanya Foundation. Firstly, it was more about keeping my child's memory alive, keeping his legacy, because I found out that my motherhood, my invisible motherhood was my responsibility because people don't grieve for someone they don't know or a baby they've never met. So that grief and that motherhood became my responsibility. But upon f starting the foundation, I actually found out that a lot of women are going through this and we are silenced by grief. Society have no space for women grieving a dead baby, a, a baby that no one else knew, um, a baby no one else met. Only those mothers know that pain of losing that child. People may sympathize, but it's very hard to empathize with us. So my foundation basically focuses on giving those women a platform and space to grieve safely to grieve in a way that is okay for them because i always tell the women that i deal with that it's okay not to be okay if all you do is wake up today and do absolutely nothing that's okay because that is your grief and society dictates that we should grief has a start and an end point mm -hmm. which is ridiculous if i may say because where there is where there's love, there will always be love. Just like where there's grief, there was once love. So it's ridiculous for society to expect that these women who carry these babies for however long are supposed to detach as soon as they bury that child. Because I buried Lakanya four days after his birth. And till today, I still grieve. I have been diagnosed with anxiety, depression, I have the occasional suicidal thoughts. I have been diagnosed with PTSD. So I'm still grieving. But within my grief, I found that helping other women, helping families, spouses, um, rekindle whatever connections that they had before. Um, one woman that I speak to talks about finding a normal after baby loss, infant loss, pregnancy loss. And I always tell her that don't expect to be the same person you were before because that's practically impossible. Because the trauma and the pain that you've been through, you can never return to that person. Dr. Dr. Angus, you know, what she's talking about here, and I'm just listening to her and I'm wondering, so there is the mother and her loss. 
what happens in that relationship? All right. All right, we've lost um, Dr. Angus there. And, and let me just ask you also, Rasi, from, from your interaction with parents in your organization, many of them, I'm sure, may find themselves in the family unit struggling to manage themselves around this loss. Because as you said, others will expect you to get over it. Um, but the mother is the one that carried the baby. Um, others may find that they, they receive blame as well. True. You know, you were this, uh, Dr. Mariskin spoke about perhaps sometimes people point to a, a parent smoking and so on. So that kind of yes. conversation at some point must arise. Mm -hmm. um, it's true. Um, my, for my case, for instance, I was told that um, because I had gestational diabetes and I found out very late in my pregnancy about my hypertension, which miraculously went away soon after about two days later my blood sugar levels were back to 4.2 5.2 so it was as if i didn't have that problem so for a while i blamed myself and blame is part of grieving it's part of that mourning process and people blame us mothers mm -hmm. and society puts blame on us however we too also go through the loss of a child is traumatic on its own. So for us to give ourselves time away from that family dynamic, because I've witnessed women who have had seven to eight miscarriages and they sit in these family gatherings and we refer to them as barren, we refer to them as infertile not knowing that that woman is still probably grieving that first miscarriage and she's had six after and we expecting her to be at work to be in the kitchen to cater to her husband and to be within these gatherings where she has constant triggers triggers where she has to look after her sister's kids where she has to look after her neighbor's kids and she's being exposed to something she cannot have or has not been fortunate enough to be exposed to and that's a trigger and triggers like that set women who've gone through what I've gone through back so much. Dr. Kathy, I see that you're back um, and I just wanted to ask you about the, the, the tools, the tools that you can impart on families who, who are going through this type of grief. Yes. You know, I think one of the biggest problems is, is exactly what Jamil is saying there, is that there isn't any recognition of, of what the, the mother who now has not had a baby is having to go through. And the pain and the anxiety, anxiety is a very strong um, factor after loss of a child. Um, nobody is, is really able to get it properly. And so women feel isolated. And Janelle, I don't know, I didn't hear what you were saying while I was cut off, unfortunately. But, you know, the, the anxiety, the depression, the, the sense of loneliness is, is very, very strong for, for people who are having to experience this. And if, particularly if there's repeated loss, as, as you have had, there are very often repeated thoughts. I don't know if you've experienced that, um, where, you know, you can't, help it. It's, it's something that, as you have stated here, are still grieving. So there, there are three pregnancies and you're still grieving. It hasn't gone away. 
And I'm wondering, despite starting off on whether you, in fact, have had um, any counseling yourself. Are you getting counseling, Yanela? I did. Um, I did for about three weeks. Hmm. Um, but You thought it was enough? No, definitely not. Looking back, hindsight, I thought I was fine then. Um, but the more triggers I'm exposed to, I'm realizing that the mere, the mere fact that I'm still suicidal till this day means that I'm not okay. But yeah. I think right now, before I was concentrated on helping others, that's what I was doing for the community. But then I realized as much as I was pouring onto others, I was leaving myself empty. So now I'm at a point where I'm putting my, I have to put myself first because I'm unable to help others if I'm not okay. So right now I'm back in therapy, but I've only had three weeks prior to me starting therapy this year. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult one, Dr. Angus, because often we, the patients, call it and say it's enough, right? Um, and one never knows until there's another trigger. But I just wanted to ask, mm-hmm. to, 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 to close off, just your coping mechanisms for anybody who's listening who may not ne- necessarily have the privilege of going to see, seek therapy. What, what would you say they could do to survive this time? Dr. Angus? Everybody has different people about the loss. A lot of people don't get support because they don't know what to say. So um, people who can face the issue and say, talk to me about it. You know, um, you're not up what has happened for you. What are the feelings that you're experiencing? That must be awful. Being able to connect and go into their world with them is critical. Because otherwise, we're leaving them in a dreadful space in which they are very often very alone. It's it's a really different. Yeah, we we can hear you. We can hear you, and uh, obviously there are no, uh, sh- you know, uh, magic ones here to fix the problem. Um, but thank you so much for talking to us, Dr. Kathy Angus. How how do you assist families that come through to your foundation? So, the main slogan for my foundation is breaking the silence on baby loss. So, baby loss is silencing. It's lonely for families, for relationships, for the mothers themselves. So when it's hard when you're looking for someone to relate to and empathize with you and you can't find it. And most of these women will normally resort to social media or looking for support groups online. And the worst part is these support groups of women that are based in the UK, in America, they can't find anyone who's based here. And that was my starting point, is to give an online platform for women to talk to one another, share their stories. Online. Online. Okay. So that's when we started the hashtag I am one in four campaign, which is based on the statistic that every one in four women will experience baby loss, pre- pregnancy loss in any pregnancy that they have. So this campaign has attracted the attention of women from America, the the U.S., Australia, including South Africa. Over 100 women have participated in this. That's our first thing. 
Another campaign that we have is the a father's grief campaign, which we started this year, is changing the narrative of the fathers that have been part or touched by this loss. So we have this thing where men are not supposed to grieve, men are not supposed to cry. If you cry, who's going to be there for her? So we need to change that narrative. So that's an, also an online platform that we give fathers to tell their stories. We also have campaign talks, and these talks are called Life After Stillness. We also have our Invisible talk, invisible Parents talks, where we give safe spaces for women who have been touched by infant loss, who have no friends, who no family or colleagues that have been touched by infant loss. And they come together in safe spaces and talk about this and share the experiences. How do people get get in touch with your foundation? Um, we have an email, lakanyafoundation at gmail.com. We also have the face the Facebook page, which is Life After Lakanya. We also have our Instagram campaigns, which is at I am one in four underscore RSA and at a father's grief campaign. Mm. And and. So do do they have room to engage privately? So most of this is public, right? It's it's sharing of stories and so on. Yes. So if somebody is really battling and they want to share directly and just seeks help privately, that's when they email me, and then I I'm not a, I know, I'm yes. not a social worker. Yes. So what I tell the woman is that I may not I may not know what to say, mm. but guarantee is that I know what not what not to say to mm. you because I know I know where you've been mm. and I know your triggers. But um, I can also help in facilitating a psychologist, the psychologists that have helped me and that have helped the women that I've helped. Really appreciate the time you've given us. Uh, really appreciate. And, and we're so sorry for your loss. You can never say this enough. Yonela Rassi, the founder of La Kanya Foundation. She lost three babies in three years. That conversation will be available on a podcast. And if you want to get in touch with them, go to the necessary platforms that she's raised uh, on this platform. It's two o'clock now. Let's go to Utsi Lusaku for the latest in SABC News.